Hello everyone! Today we have another solo episode, because Ian's on vacation, so I have the opportunity to actually talk about some comics. So, we'll do a news roundup, and then we'll talk about some comics, because I just read, I just caught up on Darth Vader, the current Darth Vader run, because I've had it on my pull list for a while, and I've had read the first 15 issues, but the latest issue to come out was issue 27, and I had not read an issue since issue 15, so I had a lot of comics to read, and I just caught up on it, so we'll talk about that in a bit. First, we'll do a news roundup. Uh, sadly, I don't think there's any Ezra Miller news. He hasn't assaulted anyone. So I guess not sadly. I guess it's a good thing. <laughs> but uh, there's no Ezra Miller news. I think uh, the crazy has been replaced by Kanye saying he's going DEFCON 3 on the Jews, which was very funny. <laughs> Just, he didn't say DEFCON. He said DEFCON. <laughs> Kanye going insane in real time is a very interesting um, but yeah, I think he's kind of, like, the the Ezra Miller headlines have been replaced by Kanye headlines. It's gone from Ezra Miller assaulting people to Kanye just talking about the Jews nonstop. Um, so yeah, there's that. But, that's not what you listen to this podcast for. Let's talk about the actual, like, pop culture news. So, James Gunn and some producer, uh, was it Peter Safran, are going to be uh, the Kevin Feige of DC. They're going to be leading the way for this new DC universe. I think they call it like the DCU, not the DCEU now, um, whatever. But like The Rock the whole time with Black Adam has been referring to the DCU. So I don't know. It's weird. They need to all get on the same page as that. Uh, a lot of people are freaking out about this, especially Snyder fans. Snyder fans are really upset because they're like, no! <laughs> they hate, they hate James Gunn. My thoughts on James Gunn are, I think the Suicide Squad is really good. I think that final bit with Starro sucks ass, but the rest of that movie is really good and I like it. Uh, Peacemaker was like a 7 out of 10. I enjoyed it, but there's a lot of like really bad jokes. Like he just threw everything at the wall and hoped some of it sticks. Some of it does. Some of it's really funny, and then some of it is just the unfunniest stuff you've ever heard in your life. Also, there are some characters that I do not care for. Amanda Waller's daughter in that show was horrible. I did not care about her at all, and I also I didn't think the actress for her was very good, to be honest. I thought she was kind of wink-wink in that show. Uh, also, there's a few, like, preachy stuff in that show. Like, there's some things where James Gunn was kind of, like, preaching, and it was like, I don't need this in Peacemaker. Like, John Cena's in his underwear. I don't... You don't gotta be preaching at me right now. But, overall, compared to, like, most of... Like, 99% of the Disney Plus Marvel shows, I thought Peacemaker was better. I would say the only one that, like, was on par for me was probably WandaVision. I'd say put WandaVision, Peacemaker kind of around the same page. I'd probably like Peacemaker a little more. Um, but, yeah, so that's my thoughts on the DC stuff from James Gunn. How will he be as the Kevin Feige of DC? Not sure. One thing that I am kind of happy about with him, though, is I think he'll let... Like, that's different than Kevin Feige, is I think he'll let, like, creatives cook. I think he'll let them do their thing. I think I don't think he'll be like Kevin Feige, where like most Marvel movies feel like they were all directed by the same person, because you have Marvel and Kevin Feige keeping them in line, being like, "This is how we do things at Marvel. We don't want things unique and cool. We want them down on this blueprint. We've got this factory. We've got the molds made. Use the molds. Don't do it yourself. Use the molds. We've got it. We've got it down to a science. This is what people like. This is how what makes money. So like." While there are some gems, most of the movies are like, oh, that all feels the same. Like, if you would if you would show someone every single Marvel movie, like someone that has no clue about any of this, if you showed them every single Marvel movie and told them, hey, those were all directed by the same person, they'd be like, oh, yeah, I can see that. 
Like, it's not hard to believe that, like, most of those movies are made of the same person. So that's the thing with James Gunn, is I think because he is a director and he is very creative and he has spoken out about how much he's, ha- how happy he was with, uh, with DC letting him do whatever he wanted. Because with the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker, it's very clear that he, they, no holds barred, he did whatever he wanted. Um... I think he'll return the favor to filmmakers with DC, which is great. And I think that's something that's been unique about DC for the most part, um, is they've let, like, James Wan did, Aquaman's insane. I love Aquaman. That's a great movie. But that movie's insane. And I don't think that gets made at Marvel. <laughs> like, I don't think that type of movie gets made. You don't get that. You don't get the Batman. Like, I'm and I'm, I'm happy that I think James Gunn will continue that in letting fam- filmmakers, like, do whatever they want. That's cool. Now, if he starts really trying to steer the boat and turn them in a, in a direction, that's where I'm like, eh. that's where I get a little scared. Um, I don't want things to be. I don't want everything to be like James Gunn. So who knows? I'm I'm optimistic about the future. I'm glad DC's finally like actually you know getting somewhere in making decisions. Be like, yeah, we should plan things. You know, we shouldn't just <laughs> be out of the blue. But I, I I'm I'm optimistic. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, off that onto Henry Cavill is leaving The Witcher. Now, most of this seems to be the fact that, uh, that he's just behind the scenes not too happy with the showrunners and the writers, which is funny because prior to this, right before this news came out, uh, one of the writers that was on The Witcher came out and talked about how, and he's like now writing, uh, I think for the X-Men like 92 reboot or whatever for Disney Plus, he was like, I made sure everyone in that room loves the original show because I was on The Witcher and people in that writer's room actively hated the books and games. He's like, I'm not dealing with that again. Um, I know nothing about that guy. I don't know if he's a good writer or anything, whatever. Because I think he helped with Moon Knight, which that is not accurate to the character whatsoever. And it doesn't seem like those people cared about the character whatsoever. So that's funny. But still, nevertheless, everything else aside, what he said there is true. Um, You shouldn't have people in the writer's room that don't like the project. That's something that you see with like Star Wars and stuff. And you see with modern day comic books where they'll get people that don't like the characters. That's like, why are you here? And that it makes me very annoyed and uh to see because some people are like oh he just t- he's superman again so he just gave up the witcher because he doesn't have time no i don't think so because it is well documented that henry cavill campaigned to be Geralt when he heard this show was happening he called the show and was like i have to be a part of it like he's a big nerd and he likes the witcher he was uh from what i know when I'm watching interviews and stuff he was a big fan of the games and then when he got the part and everything he read the books later and he loves the books and there's all these interviews tons of like there's receipts everywhere where he's like yeah i'll keep going with the show as long as they honor the creator and the source material as long as they like respect it like he says it all the time like the hints are there you can go back and see so for him to leave it's like yeah it seems like these people didn't necessarily uh live up to the standard for what should be done now that being said i like the show i don't love it i don't think what your season one or two is like particularly amazing i think i think the cast is great um i think they all do a great job i think yennefer does a great job i don't know the actress whatever her name is i think she does fantastic i think henry cavill absolutely kills it as girl he's amazing um but that being said like the plot and everything like that it's not bad but it's not like, for instance, House of the Dragon, which just finished. House of the Dragon, every episode, I was like, yeah, give me more. I love this. I did think season two of Witcher was better than season one, but uh, again, the, the show wasn't great. It was good. I liked it. But again, it was like, uh, to me, it was kind of like how what I said about Peacemaker. I was like, it's a seven out of ten. I like it. Um, but I was mainly watching it because I'm a big fan of Henry Cavill and his 
portrayal of Geralt is great. Like, he does a great job. Um, so, but that's sad. Also, going to Liam Hemsworth is a huge downgrade. No offense to that guy, not that it matters. Like, he doesn't have any troubles in life, but <laughs> it's not like he's going to get offended by anything I say. Um, but that is a huge downgrade. Damn. That is, that's tough. I don't know if this show survives after that. That's going to be tough to uh, to get rid of Henry Cavill and have Liam Hemsworth as a replacement. That's tough. Um, I don't know if I'll watch past season three. We'll see. If season three really grabs me, maybe I'll watch season four, but I'm not feeling good about it. Uh, uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen got cast as Wonder Man in a Disney Plus show. If it was a movie, I'd actually be kind of excited, but Disney Plus sucks ass, so... Not too excited about that. I love Yaya, though. That guy's great and everything he's in. I kind of wish he would have been cast as someone else, though. Like, cast him as Wonder Man's kind of odd. I feel like there's a billion other people that he could be cast as. But he's in Marvel and DC now. So that's interesting because he plays Black Manta in DC. Um, which I'm wondering if he just gets, like, killed or just, like, something happens to him in Aquaman 2 where he's just, like, not a part of the future. Or if he's just, like, cool with balancing both of these things. I have no clue. Um... But yeah, Wonder Man's an odd choice. Either way, I really like Yaya, so I'm excited to see what he does with that. Uh, oh, we got some reports on the behind-the-scenes of uh, Lucasfilm and their plans for the future Star Wars and why they haven't done any Star Wars movies. Because originally, we already know, Solo killed everything. And also the, the, uh, also the sequel trilogy making less and less money after New Hope also was not inspiring. Like... The first, they all made good money, don't get me wrong, but they kept just making less and less money. It was like, ooh, that's not good. You want them to make more and more money. And the fact that none of the characters are really, like, that beloved, and then Solo happened and ruined everything. And that was all Kathleen Kennedy's fault, because she had the two guys that um, that did Spider-Verse and the Lego movie. I can't remember their names. Those two guys, they were on Solo, and they wanted to do their own thing. They wanted to be creative, and Kathleen Kennedy said no and fired them when they were well through the movie and then she hired uh freaking what's his name ron damn it why can't i think of his name american graffiti what the hell is his name ron i'm, I'm googling it uh, ron howard i don't know why i couldn't think of his last name she hired ron howard and he had to come in and kind of like do kathleen kennedy's bidding and salvage that movie and he made a whatever movie that's very forgettable and it's not horrible but it's not good either it's just bleh he made that movie. It made no money because no one ever asked for a Han Solo movie. It's like, hey, you know that guy that was young in the original movies? What if we made a new movie where he was young? It's like, we've we've already we've seen that. What? This isn't interesting. You're not taking an old character and making them young. We've already seen him young. What? Who cares? I don't care about seeing Han's backstory on the big screen played by someone other than Harrison Ford. Don't need that. They made that. No one cared. Made zero money. Also, the budget was, like, doubled because they had to shoot the movie again because of Kathleen Kennedy's dumbass. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> that killed Star Wars movies going forward because... Obi-Wan, that series, was going to be a movie. There was going to be a Boba Fett movie, but Josh Trank got, like, a little drunk on set, apparently, and stuff like that. And then the Solo movie happened, and it kind of ruined all those side projects. And the original trilogy not being the best, well-received, uh, kind of kind of 
gave them some pause for going forward with Star Wars movies, which is hilarious because Star Wars is such a huge property and people love Star Wars. It's very clear what you need to do, but they're so dumb. Kathleen Kennedy and the rest of Lucasfilm, just so stupid. Uh, but yeah, the I'm reading this headline. It says, The delay of the next Star Wars movie is reportedly due to fear and indecision at Lucasfilm. And what I just went over is why they're afraid and indecisive and the new mantra at lucasfilm is getting it right which is so funny because like what was the old mantra was it get everything wrong was it ruin the franchise what was the old ma uh, mantra kathleen kennedy you dumb bitch what <laughs> like what the okay guys we're going with the new mantra this is gonna fix everything at lucasfilm getting it right you dumbass oh my god uh, the fact that Kathleen Kennedy's just been failing upwards this whole time pisses me off. Like, Star Wars has been failing so much, and she keeps around at Lucasfilm. Like, she got a contract extension and everything. It's like... <sighs> like, she's... Uh, it's, it, it pisses me off. I love Star Wars. I love this franchise. I grew up on it. And for this... For this to keep happening... For a decade later, literally like the the um the ten year anniversary of uh, George Lucas selling it to Disney, like just passed. A decade later, they're like, maybe we should plan some things. Maybe we should put some effort into this and not just half ass it. You think? God, they're so stupid. Uh, but that's that's it for the Star Wars thing. Before I get too upset, because that just pisses me off. Like, ugh, it's, ugh, at least Andor's good. I'll say that. We're not talking about the new episode of Andor today because, like I said, Ian's not here and I don't want to talk about it without him. So we'll talk about that whenever he gets back, maybe. Uh, I saw the, um, I watched the uh, Wakanda Forever featurette on Namor and it kills me every time the ape guy goes, uh, when he's talking about Namor, he's like, they call him Cuckoo, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, every time I think they call him Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Every time he's like, <laughs> it's. He's, like, telling everyone, like, the legend of Namor. He's like, they call him Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And ev I don't know why I sound like Doofenshmirtz, but it is what it is. Um, but that, like, kills me every time. Because it's supposed to be, like, a cool part of the trailer. And he's like, oh, he's explaining the legend of Namor. <laughs> they call him Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Uh, why do I sound like Doofenshmirtz? Uh, man, I kind of want to... I kind of want to pull up this now. Let's see. Let's see. Where is it? Here it is. Oh, hold up. I can't get copyright on the podcast, right? I hope not. Oh, let me let me mute this. I gotta find the part. Shut up, Ryan Coogler. Alright. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I think I have it set recording where you guys can hear this. Most frankly. They called him Kukulkan. They called him Cuckoo or Cocoa Puffs. All right, anyways, uh, I don't know why I started talking about that. Oh, yeah, because I watched the trailer. I watched the the new Avatar trailer was actually better than the first one, but I don't like the first Avatar movie, and the fact that this new one's three hours long does not inspire a lot of confidence, so. But I just rewatched Terminator 1. It's so good. James Cameron, make good movies again, not freaking. <laughs> Stop making Avatar movies, dude. Um, I've been by just watched. I mean, like a couple months ago, I just rewatched Terminator One because I had not watched it in a while. Uh, before we get into Star Wars, anything else? Oh, I uh, on Halloween I watched. Um, why am I blanking on what I watched? 
I watched John Carpenter's The Thing for the first time ever because it's one of those movies I always wanted to watch, but I never did. It got a 4K release recently, bought it instantly, uh, and I finally had that, and I'm like, I'm going to watch it on Halloween. So I watched it. Freaking amazing. That might be my favorite horror movie now. Like, legitimately, it's so good. If you have not seen The Thing, it's on 4K now, and it looks really good on 4K. It's great. Like, the oh, man. Like, I, I didn't... I knew some, like, basic premise of it, but I didn't know any of, like, anything that really happens. I hadn't ever seen it. I had just seen the one clip of when he does the defibrillator and the dude's arms just... <laughs> but, man, also the practical effects in that movie are so good. So good. Because it came out in 1982. And today, everything holds up. There's not, like, a single effect in that movie that looks bad. Like, it's really good. And, like, they're, like, the practical effects of, like, the thing itself and how everything looks and the gore looks amazing. And then also, like, um, when they're using, like, scope for, like, certain areas that you can see, like, it's um, it's a painting and it looks really good. And, like, yeah, it's just, man, it lo it's so good. Also, Wilford Brimley's in it, which is very funny. Because <laughs> I didn't know Wilford Brimley was in it. <laughs> And I see on the credits, Wilford Brimley. I'm like, Wilford Brimley, the guy from the commercials? He's in it. So that was cool. And he's great in it also. Wilford Brimley is really good. Um, I will say there was one moment in there where it's like the most stereotypical horror thing of like just a, a dumbass being a dumbass. For the most part, like what characters do in this movie makes sense. Also, Keith David was in it. And it's weird seeing Keith David young because I always just know him as being old. And so seeing young Keith David threw me for a loop for a second. I was like, damn. That's right. That's how humans work. They start young and get older. Forgot about that. Um, Keith David's great. Kurt Russell is amazing. He's so cool. He's so cool as Mac Creedy. Um, but yeah, if you haven't seen John Carpenter's The Thing, go watch it. It's on 4K and it looks gorgeous in 4K and it's a great movie. And I, yeah, it's really good. Anyways, now on to Darth Vader comics. Like I said, I read issues 16 through 27 today. I don't think issues 28 is out. If it has, if it is, I haven't gone to my comic shop and picked it up. But I read issues 16 through uh, through 27. Spoilers if you care about that. I don't think any of you do. We're going to be going through this and trying to see what I remember. Even though I just read it today, it's kind of, you know, in my brain and then out the next because that's how it works. What do I remember about this? Because I just, I literally just read it today. <laughs> uh, let's, let's see. Damn it, what am I doing? I got the issues right here. Hold up. Ugh, let's open this bad boy up to give me a refresher, even though I just read it, like, five hours ago. Do -do 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 -do. So, you, there's a lot of Crimson Dawn stuff going on here. Because, uh, yeah, there's, I think the Crimson Dawn thing's over now, I think. Why did, why did I mark this? There was something in this book. Like, I had this set aside, issue uh, 20. Because I was like, something happened here that was cool that I want to bring up when I talk about it. And now I don't freaking... Oh, was it the was it the flashback? Okay, let's talk about Vader's mindset in this book. My man's got severe PTSD. Vader is having flashbacks every single issue. And it's done actually really well. Uh, for the most part, like, I caught up, and I was like, oh, this series is actually really good. There was some stuff that I didn't like and I thought was stupid, but for the most part, it's really good. Um, Vader has severe PTSD. Like, the worst. The worst. And it only gets worse because of other things that happen in the book. Uh, so he's constantly having flashbacks. Um, they do a good job. Greg Pak uh, is the writer. Uh, he does a good job of fleshing out, like, Vader's motivations post, you know, like, what's going on with the Empire, because 
you know, at, in Revenge of the Sith, it's all, I want to save Padme. And then he doesn't, and it's like, okay, what's his motivation going forward after this? And there's a lot of things going on. And this is a good job of fleshing that even more. Like, the fact that, um, when he had that conversation in Episode 2 with Padme, uh, when they're on the space cows, before, like, I don't remember if it was before or after the CGI pair. Anyways, they're doing that whole spiel, and he talks about how, like, hey, your politics are gay. You, you should just force people to do stuff and not listen to everyone. And Padme's like, oh, <laughs> get a little dictator vibes, but you're hot, so it's okay. Um, so they flesh that out. Like, he is big time on order. Darth Vader is very much like, hey, we don't need a bunch of dumbasses squabbling. We just need me deciding what's right. Me, like, I say what goes, and if you don't like it, you're dead. Like, he is very much on that order. He is not a fan of chaos. Order, order, order. He constantly says it in the book. Um, and it's done well. I like it. It's portrayed well. Now, like I said, he has PTSD, and he's constantly having flashbacks to that. What makes it worse is Sabe Sabe. I don't remember how it's pronounced. I'm going to call her Sabe, but it has, like, a little accent mark when it's spelled. Whatever. Sabe. If you remember her, uh, if you're a big fan of The Phantom Menace, she was Padme's double in The Phantom Menace, the one played by uh, Kira Knightley. Um, she is. She survived. She was a part of the earlier issues. I remember that. Um, she comes back in the later issues in this, and, like, that is horrible for Vader. Because imagine the love of your life, your wife, that you knew ever since you were a 10-year-old boy. You got married. You had great times. You had kids. You kind of had a, a hand in her dying. Um, and you're really sad about that. And you miss her a lot. And you kind of did a lot of evil acts to try to save her. But she still died. Imagine she has like a twin that just shows up and does not like you. That would be tough. And it is very tough for Vader, and it sends his PTSD into overdrive, because he is just, mentally, he is just in the worst spot, and it's really bad, and it's done really well. Like, he's constantly, like, in his own head, just seeing things, and like, Bleh. and also, say, uh, Sabe's done pretty well. Uh, she is, she's, it's gotta be Sabe, right? I don't know, I'm going with Sabe still, but she's, uh, she's interesting, because she is trying to honor Padme. Because that was her whole thing when she was alive, was serving Padme. And now Padme's dead. It's like, what her what's her purpose? Honoring Padme. So she does a lot of things to honor Padme. And um, there's a part where she's trying to investigate. She goes to Polis Massa, where uh, where Padme had... Because that, that was where Padme um, gave birth and then died. Uh, and she didn't know that Padme was pregnant or any of that. But there's, like, medical details and stuff. And she finds out that Padme gave birth and that Padme, uh, you know, what got knocked up by Anakin, she ends up putting two, two, two together and figuring out that Vader was Anakin, which we'll get into that in a bit, um, but she, like, sees a recording of her last words was that, like, there's still good in him, and so that sends her to, like, ugh, because prior to this, she, like, hated Vader, and she wanted to kill him and stuff, and she did not like Vader, and now she's kind of like, damn, Padme saw something in him, should I try to... Well, first she tries to use him for her own means and that backfires horribly because you can't get one over on Vader. It does not work. That's something that I like that uh, all three writers that have written Vader since Disney took over and started publishing him with Marvel is that um, they've done a good job making Vader like a force of nature because you can't have Vader like getting defeated because then it invalidates the, the movies. Like what's the point of Luke and everyone in the movies if like there are these random people in the comics that are just beating his ass. You can't have that. Now you still have things that he overcomes and has to power through. Like there's still challenges. But in the end of the day, Vader like 
bah, he goes through him. Like, he's so powerful. I love it. And that's how it should be. Um, and so, yeah, I don't remember what I was talking about. Uh, we got another character, Ochi. Ochi of freaking I don't remember what the name of his plan is. I like Ochi. Ochi is just all in for himself and does not care about anyone else. I like having just a full-on selfish character that does not stand for anything bigger. I love it. Ochi is an assassin that, uh, through one thing and another that happening, he serves Vader, but he also serves other people, but then he ends up serving Vader because Vader's like, he's just, whatever works the best for him. And Vader uses him for his own means. And it, I, I like Ochi as a character. He's he's uh, a bit more comedic relief as well. He's a bit of, kind of like one of the silly characters. But he's done well. And also, like, I just love a character that's just a complete piece of garbage that's all in it for himself. It's all about self-preservation. I like that. He looks kind of like Arkham Knight, which, which is a little weird, though. Um, what else? What else do I want to talk about? Um, there are some things that I didn't like with the book. One of them is, all right, so Sabe, uh, okay. So Sabe tells Vader about, cause a lot of things happen. Like they go back and forth, they have conversations and she decides to like work with Vader cause Vader generally would have killed her. But because she literally is a spitting image of his dead wife, he kind of struggles with just ending her because she tells him that she knows he's Anakin. And uh, Vader's like, what do you want? Because Vader's holding the lightsaber the throat and is like, what do you want? Trying to see what her motives are. And she's like, I'm just trying to honor Padme. Um, Padme told me about like how you wanted to free your mom from slavery, but you weren't able to do that before she died. And so Padme um, then like had plans to free slaves on uh, Tatooine and I like post Padme's death Sabe and some other people from Naboo ended up saving some slaves and getting them to like a colony on another planet but now that colony is getting terrorized by like an evil governor and their like planet that they're on is getting destroyed because that governor is using something to like zap the energy from the planet alright the whole thing with the governor is really stupid and I don't like it it's dumb like the governor has this super weapon that can like absorb a planet's life force and it's really dumb um, but she's like, prove to me that Aunt, that Padme is right, that there is good in you. Like, you should help these slaves. And, you know, you're Anakin, you were a slave. Because generally, I would, I'd be upset that da Vader doesn't kill her. I think Vader should kill everyone that knows he's Anakin, other than obviously the Emperor, because duh. But I think anyone else that knows he's Anakin, like, he would just instantly kill. But because that this is the spitting image of his dead wife i can understand and also it's very clear in this book that his mind is not in the right spot like he has so much ptsd that's like okay he's scrambled he's not all there i get that he's not trying to kill padme for a second time <laughs> like i i understand um so he decides to help he goes to the planet to like see if what if she's lying or telling the truth about this. And one thing that's really dumb there is like he meets two of the slaves uh, or the people from the colony, um, and they're two of his childhood friends from Tatooine. I was like, that's dumb. This doesn't. They don't need to be his childhood friends. That's they're the ones like the little Greedo, the uh, character, and the other is the is just like some human dude. Um, side note that I haven't brought up, but. I don't think in Andor, but I brought. I think I talked about in Obi Wan. In Obi Wan and Andor, those two Disney needs to put more aliens. I've, I, this is out of the blue. I don't know why I'm talking about this. My mind's just. This is how it works. Um, because <laughs> I'm freestyling today. I'm not organized. Uh, Disney needs to stop doing so many humans and everything, and start adding uh 
aliens. Like, I like Andor, but there's just humans everywhere and hardly any aliens. And same with Kenobi when that show was going on. There's hardly any aliens. We need more aliens. Like, Star Wars, for some reason back in the 70s when it was harder to do effects, they had more aliens than modern day where it's much easier. There's just humans everywhere. It's like, it doesn't feel as Star Warsy. Anyways. Why was I talking about that? Okay. Uh, we're talking about Vader saving these people. So, Vader ends up fighting... The, so, the governor sends, like, this thing that, like, causes a huge sandstorm, and we get a flashback to the I don't like sand line, which is very funny. Um, we get a flashback to a couple lines, and some of the lines actually on paper and how it's portrayed are done... Like, actually, it's like, oh, this actually sounds good. In the movie, it sounded horrible, because he had, like horrible delivery everything about the scene was bad the dialogue sounded bad but reading in a comic some of it sounds good the sand line still sounds horrific when reading it it's still so bad it's still i don't know what george lucas was thinking when he wrote that line it's still so bad uh but yeah long story short vader rides a pod racer into a sandstorm and destroys the sandstorm and saves sabe I kind of skipped over some things but yeah there's a big pod racer they have that no one can drive because no one's good enough but Vader drives it, and he saves everyone from the sandstorm. He then goes after the governor. They, um, and she has this thing that just all organic life dies when it gets touched by this like energy. Um, Vader does something really cool where he takes like he he just goes to take it out, but he gets weakened by it first because you know he's more machine than man now, so it doesn't kill him, but it hurts him severely. Um, and then he like fights the governor, and uh, yeah, he ends up like passing out fighting the governor because he's already weakened and then she like flies she like flies away before he passes out because she's uh, gonna get killed by him otherwise and then sabe has the opportunity to kill him but she decides not to and decides to save him was like hey i'm not gonna kill you because of padme i'm gonna see if she was right in her judgment i didn't like that because i hate the fact that the whole original trilogy now uh, or return of the jedi i should say hinges on Sabe, some like random ass prequel character that brought back for this, not killing Vader in this moment. I do not like that. Like the the rest of this, uh, these issues that I read, I thought was pretty solid, but that I thought was nah, don't like that. That's stupid. I, mm, shouldn't be done. Should not be done. That was stupid. Um, also, the uh, governor that he fights is this woman with this dumbest haircut I've ever seen. Thought that was dumb. Oh yeah, that's something that I want to talk about. The art style for Star Wars comics in general. I think the artist for the Darth Vader series does a good job. I think pretty good. Um, not, not like there are some panels that look really good, but for the most part, it's like it's fine. It's good. I have a problem with Marvel Star Wars because 99% of uh, Marvel Star Wars books, and you know the post Disney era, like they try to just oh it has to look like the movies. These have to look like the actors. This has no. Put on your premier artists on Star Wars. Put it on Darth Vader's like huge character. Huge. Put a premier artist on here. Like I it doesn't have to look like the movies. It doesn't have to. I'm fine with the art style of a great artist. It's a comic book. Obviously it should look like Star Wars, but it doesn't have to have like the same art style as like the movies and try to mimic that. I don't need that. That's something that's pissed me off with like every single uh Star Wars Marvel book. It's like Come on, that's part of the fun of the comics medium. Get some of these great people that you have and put them on here. Like, they had Steve McNiven on some covers. And I think he did, like, one issue, of, like, the first issue of War of the Bounty Hunters. It's like, yes, Steve McNiven! And then it goes to, like, some other random artist. It's like, damn it! <laughs> but put Marco Cicchetto on here. Just come on. Give me something. Um, what is it? The end of, the, the end of one of the issues, uh, the Emperor says something really cold that was like, damn. Uh, what is it? 
Alright, so... Yeah. So the Emperor, as always, knows what Vader's doing. Like, um, he saves Sabe. She's, like, gonna die because of things like the big machine that I talked about that was gonna kill him, but it killed him, but he rode, like, into the sandstorm and saved her. And then it cuts the Emperor, and he says, So, you could not save your mother. You could not save Padme. But now you think you can. <laughs> and then it's just him maniacally laughing. It's like, damn! The Emperor's gonna kill Padme again! <laughs> By the way, Sabe better die. If P Sabe doesn't die, I'm going to be pissed. I like her as a character, but my god, does that add so much more to Anakin's tragedy. If he watches Padme die twice, it's the Emperor's fault again? Damn! Like, that is uh, tough. That's some heavy stuff. Like, he thought. That's that's his whole thing right now with Sabe. The reason he hasn't killed her, even though she knows he's Anakin, is because it's, like, it's, it's just like a crumb of Padme. It's like, ah... She's kind of back-ish. It's not her at all, but it's someone that looks like her and was close to her. Because, like, Sabe even says it, like, in the book that she's not Padme and they're two very different people. Um, but, you know, Vader, again, mentally is not in the right spot. Uh, but, yeah. That's, uh, the Emperor, like, having plans again for and uh, possibly killing Sabe. It's like, ooh, I hope he does. I hope he does, please. I love Sabe. Actually, uh, not love. I like Sabe. I think she's a good character. I think she's interesting. Um, she's handled well in the book. Other than that one part, like I said, where she saved Vader, I didn't like that. Other than that, I like her. Um, but she should die. Uh, and I think it would be really cool if the Emperor did it. Because that'd be just so sadistic. Especially if he, like, brings them both in the throne room. He's like, yes, you have done good doing my bidding. <laughs> and just lightnings her <laughs> in front of Vader. He's like, no. Uh, but, yeah, these, um, for the most part, Disney Marvel has done a good job with the Vader comics. And it re it's really cool because Vader is one of the best fictional characters of all time. I think he's the best villain in cinematic history, in my opinion. And a lot of these comics have not taken away from that, which is cool to see. Because generally, you know, when you have a character's iconic invader and you do expanded media, you kind of end up ruining the character or taking away. But these series, like, Charles Soule did a great job with Vader. I love, I've sung the praise of Kieran Gillen's, uh, Gillen's book a billion times. I think that's definitely the pinnacle of uh, the Star Wars Vader comics for the Marvel uh, Disney stuff. Charles Soule's a great. Greg Pak's doing pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think I'm really happy with it. But, like I said, there's just a few things I didn't like I thought was done. But, for the most part, I really enjoyed it. And uh, I think it's cool. Uh, something else I forgot to mention that I like in this book is... Um, so, a big plot point prior to the... the a big plot point throughout these issues I read is uh, that Crimson Dawn is back. They're the people from Solo that you did not remember at all. They're like 99% of you listening were like Crimson... Oh, yeah, that's when Darth Maul showed up at the end of Solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the Crimson Dawn. They're the one that um, uh, Daenerys from Game of Thrones worked for in, when she worked for Darth Maul. Uh, so, yeah, they're, like, going against the Empire in this. And so Vader's, like, tasked with rooting them out and stuff because they have people everywhere. There are a lot of people that are part of Crimson Dawn. It's actually handled pretty well in the book. Um, but something that I really like is <laughs> Vader's going throughout the galaxy and, like, doing stuff. And, like, a lot of people hate Vader. And then he does something badass. They're like... Lord Vader, <laughs> and they like him. <laughs> it even happens to Sabe. Like, Sabe doesn't like him, and he does some, like, badass stuff, and she's like, my lord. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. Because <laughs> that's how you would be. Like, people don't like him, and then they see Vader do something, do the impossible. Like, just something so ridiculous. And you're like, if you saw just a human being doing that, you'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna follow that guy. 
Like, um, yeah, that happens several times throughout the book. There are people that don't really like Vader, and then he does some something cool and violent, and they're like, yeah, he's that guy. He's him. He's him. Uh, so I, I like that aspect of it. Uh, and yeah, uh, so if you were thinking of reading uh, Marvel's current run for Vader, it's good. I would recommend it. I would say it's pretty good. It's pro- it's, it's one of the better books I'm currently reading. I'm happy I caught up on it because I'm so far behind. And uh, th- this is one of the things where I'm like happy I was behind because, you know, reading month to month kind of sucks. And having like a dozen or so issues to read is cool. I like it. Just like, oh, wow, it, it doesn't end. I get to keep reading. It was nice because uh, reading floppy sucks. Um, like it's it's good, you know, it's better than nothing, but I much prefer reading trades. So having all these issues to read was fun. It was a good time. Uh, but yeah, thank you everyone for listening. This is another solo episode because he's on vacation. I mean, was the last solo episode I did, I talked about the Aquaman and Wonder Woman and 52 Omnibuses. And this time I talked about Vader. So yeah, hope you guys enjoyed and I'll see you on the next one. I don't know what we'll talk about. I think Wakanda Forever comes out, right? We'll probably be talking about that and probably like, and new episodes of Andor. I imagine that's what we'll be talking about next. Uh, I don't know if anything else comes out. But yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And I'll see you guys next time. Peace everyone.